Dude, I, I like that intro though. Thank you. Thank <laughs> That's you. Sick. Um, but yeah, like welcome to straight from the chest. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I have that like conditioning to do, to say that when that stops, when that music stops, yeah. I had that, you know, it's already pre-programmed in me to do it's that. It's just a habit. Yeah. But I mean, welcome back to the podcast. You guys, it's been a really long time since I've been on the mic and sitting here with none other than fitness extraordinaire, Justin host of straight from the chest podcast. If any of you guys are longtime listeners, I'm sure you've heard the episodes uh, with this man, but yeah, we're just sitting here sort of shooting the breeze today. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know of a, I don't have a topic on hand, to be honest with you. You don't have a topic. You have a topic. Come on. There's always, we were just talking about some shit before we even started this whole camera situation here. Tell them why you, why you came over here. So it's my first time in uh, Justin's podcast setup or his podcast space. Um, and to be quite honest with you, it's, it's come a long ways from just the inception in your previous space where you had it before. Um, I mean, humble beginnings, having a mic arm held on with a well, 25 pound plate. Yes. I mean, and those are the things like I think anybody out there who is starting a podcast or thinking about podcasting, there's a couple that come to mind in the local area that I've seen who are putting content out there now. Uh, it, it all starts somewhere. And so to see the evolution of this podcast and to see it come to fruition in this space. I think it's pretty awesome, but I'm here because of helping up up the video quality. Yeah, because I need bit. all just, the help I can get, man. <laughs> just to kick it up a notch. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's um, it's it's quite a space. I I definitely think it's it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. I appreciate that, man. Uh, you know, and I think that the only reason why this evening exists today is because of you. And I've told you that countless times, but it's just the truth. I don't think that and as, as, as prevalent as podcasts are nowadays, I don't think that, um, you know, with everybody seems to be jumping on the bandwagon for podcasting comedians, especially, you know, um, but that's all part due because of the pandemic and they need to produce content and they want to keep their name alive and everything. So, but if this, if, if it wasn't for you, I, I literally would have never had the idea to even do something like this. So anything that comes from this, I know you don't want to accept it, but it's your, it's, it's the, the responsibility lays on you, anything good or bad. Oh, jeez. Well, I'll, I'll take that then. But it's a good thing, man. It's it, you giving me a, a different purpose to look forward to in life and, or to, to, to put my, to put my energy into. And so, and you know, if you're a human being, you know how important that is to have purpose, to have direction in life and it's given me more meaning. So it's just crazy that, that, you know, a couple of, a few of your words had that much of an impact on me to make me, give me the courage to do this. And that's what I think is pretty cool that, you know, most people who know you probably just think of you as a trainer or they know you from just growing up together. But there's so many different facets to us as individuals. We have so many different sides to ourselves. And so 
when you came out with your content, your podcast, being about motivation, inspiration, and really just bringing out, I, I believe I'm paraphrasing it ter terribly, but the dormant side within somebody. I guess seeing a lot of people coming out with podcasts now, they're probably having trouble thinking of what to even talk about or content or, or even a show. What was it that, that drove you to, to really go that direction? Well, as the, as the title states straight from the chest, so I really didn't have that direction. I just, I knew that, and I wouldn't necessarily, I know that there are certain keywords that we type into to Google and to Instagram and to YouTube to, to kind of attract certain types of videos or certain types of uh, curated content. But I am not, I don't look at myself as a motivator, although that may be what some people see some of the podcasts as they're motivational, they're inspirational. If I had to choose one word, I want to be your igniter. I want to be the ignition be behind something that happens in your life, whether hopefully and hopefully it's good, right? So the things that I spew on my podcast, they're, they're all centered around the development of your character, the development of your being. And that's, that's an essentially my path in life too. That's I'm trying to develop my own self to be the best I can be. And there, there are certain things I speak with authority on because I've lived them, I experienced them. And a lot of it comes from the elements that I accrued when I, in my bodybuilding career, not career. Like I made money off that shit. I didn't make money <laughs> off bodybuilding. <laughs> bodybuilding endeavors. Yeah. They call it an endeavor. Um, but I knew little about what I knew I what I didn't know I had until I started to engage myself in in that type of a sport because and you've done this you know you know it as well man you're the only person that's going to be your hype man you're the only I mean, you could have a partner but what if your partner doesn't show up that day and it's leg day yeah or you got a grueling 5 by 5 split that you're doing you know what i mean like you you understand that you can't count on people. And so, and why should you? You shouldn't count on people. So aside from like your mom, your dad, like people that obviously are, you know, in that respect, count on them obviously. But your friends, your even like your, I hate to say it, man, even like your cousins and brothers and sisters. I mean, sometimes they're not even there. They're yeah. not even going to be there for you. So it's really important that you develop all of the elements that strengthen you and keep you more refined and resilient to, to hardships, to challenges. And you find out what you're made of under the fucking bar. You just really do. You find out what you're made of. You could be in war, find out what you're made of. You know, you could be working excessively in, in a, a line of, uh, in a certain trade. And see what you're made of. Working long hours, showing up early, leaving late. You know, you see what you're made of. But you've got to do something that you have to contend with that poses challenges that causes you to see what you're made of. It's all about seeing what you're made of. And so there are certain things that have caused me to see what I'm made of. And for that reason, I speak with authority on those measures. And it can be applicatory to many other streams in life. It doesn't have to be working out, you yeah. know. Um, so that's the impetus behind the podcast. That's, that's, that's what I speak on. So when, 
when the mainstream words hit like inspiration and motivation, I don't really like those all that much. I I know I don't, and I'm not chastising you for using them, obviously. Yeah. But I'm more so like to think of myself as somebody who's going to give somebody the impetus to do something or be an igniter. If I could coin the fucking term igniter over motivator, I would want that to be I would want that to be perpetuated downstream over the term motivator because I think that holds more merit that holds more weight when you ignite somebody because you're effectively causing them to do it on their own you're just the switch that turns the shit on internally with them with their own selves and causes them to do the thing you know yeah because too much on I and I agree with you on social media and stuff the whole live laugh love and just what the fuck is that (laughs) Live, laugh, love. Never heard you, of that. Oh my gosh. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I was going to say. No, I like to just erase things from my memory that serve no purpose. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of them. super cliche. And even then, like inspo and, you know, inspiration and stuff like that. I think that, you know, taking a photo in front of a waterfall and saying this is inspiration, it's People don't really think that. Yeah, I think it's fallen. It's fallen so short over the years, and I definitely think that there are a lot of people who do need that kick in the pants and and that ignition because once they're once they're on the path, once they find what it is that's in them, I mean, they'd be off like a rocket. Yeah, I think quite literally. Yeah, or at least far better than they were beforehand. Yeah. And, and that could be a number doing a number of things, engaging in extra, extracurricular activity that serves no purpose, that actually uh, keeps them keeps them lying dormant in whatever it is that they have an innate shift to or shift towards or an innate affinity for. You know, I mean, they they need the ignition. People need ignition. They don't need motivation. Motivation and the term the reason also the other reason why I don't like the term motivation or motivator is because it's fleeting. It's only temporary. Whereas you ignite somebody, there's no telling how long that's going to fucking last. There's no telling what it could amount to. There's just no telling dude. But motivation comes in, in, in peaks and valleys. You know, it's, it's sort of a diurnal rhythm. It's not really linear, you know? And so, I don't like that because I don't think humans are just or the, the things that humans have infused in them, the talents, the gifts, etc. Those things are not peaked and valleyed. Those things should be ignited and then perpetuated yeah, and propagated throughout time. Like that's how they should be not. Well, I'm going to I got I got a good meal last night or I got my pre-workout in I got drink drink my bang I'm ready to do this like you know you what if you didn't have the bang man you know what are you gonna work off then yeah you gotta have fucking discipline and I think that if but if you have the ignition that starts you off it's 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 easier to gather the discipline to do something because you've already now seen what you can produce off of that ignition that that first start igniter or that first started ignite. You can you can see what you have accomplished. You can see the benefit from it. You can see that this is incentivizing. So now I just have to maintain this. How do I maintain this? Discipline. That's how you maintain it. I talk about it so much. I'm like a broken record. 
but people need more discipline. That's it, dude. They just need more discipline. Yeah. It's like every good success comes from people who are disciplined. Everyone, dude, every single thing, everything comes from discipline because you're not, you're not ever going to feel like doing it. Like I don't feel like doing half the shit that I do. 80% of it. The reason why I do it is because a either a, I know what the benefits are going to be. And so I do it. I make myself do it. I want to feel good about myself. I do it. So, so that's kind of in tandem the same. And then if I don't do it, I know that I'm not going to do other things. And that's just going to spiral me down the exact opposite direction that I want to go with my life. Yeah. And it's not my, it's not like just, I want to go this way with my life. It's, I want to go this way with my human being. Like I want, I'm living with myself every day. You're not, I got to make sure I'm feeling good within my own self or else none of this shit matters. Then what's the, then what's the point of living? What's the point of moving forward? What's the point of giving somebody the best of me? I'm not even giving myself the best of me. I'm not seeing what I'm made of. And that's where the ignition comes in. You got to have the ignition. You got to have the ignition. The, 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 the first kickstart igniter, then that deploys something in somebody that maybe they didn't think they had. And then off of that downstream causes, they get obviously the incentivizing, I'm sorry, they get the, uh, the benefit from what they're producing that incentivizes them. Then they accrue hopefully discipline to keep that steam rolling. Yeah. And like you said, I, I really wouldn't want anybody to just focus or compartmentalize any of this to just like say fitness. I think that applies to everything. To, to work yeah. relationships everything and so I guess I'm I'm curious because I, I I didn't even ask but has I mean now that we're coming off of the pandemic and things are starting to open ha, did you have to review or did anything need to change or was there any self-reflection when things closed when I mean the world pretty much changed because of COVID did you have to not with me with regards to, um, well, I'm a really simple, boring person, so I didn't really do much anyway. <laughs> so it's like when shit shut down, I'm like, okay, I've been doing this. <laughs> I, this is I, I'm a homebody, anyways. I'm pretty recluse, and you know, by nature, and so. Well, have know, other people then? Have you had to, I guess, entertain the conversation of, hey, you know, just because things change, you got to keep keep kicking it in gear. Yeah, you got to keep going. I will tell you this, when, when, when the first stream of everything shut down, like the first wave of everything shutting down and we did, couldn't go to the gym, um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have my studio that I can train out of, but it's definitely not the same because I'm not around anybody and I don't like that. I like being around people, a community of like-minded souls that do the same thing that I'm doing, even though I may not be looking to them for any kind of guidance or direction or inspiration or anything like that not to say that they don't deserve it but i just i'm kind of in my own world when i'm training as are you but at the same time i want people around i want energy around me so i didn't have that that took a toll on me dude that did and i didn't realize that until this happened i didn't know that i had that in me to be that way to go down that that path provided um the circumstance because I didn't, I'd never been in the circumstance before. Yeah. 
And so taking that for granted, like the public gyms, I understood like, I understood after not being able to go and, and frequent my gym anymore, how, how much of a luxury that is. And it's not the gym per se. Yeah, there's more equipment than I have in my studio for sure. But it's the luxury of being around people, like-minded people, the silent camaraderie that exists. It's yeah. silent, but it's fucking there. And that is paramount. And it's so, it's so instrumental in your productivity. It's instrumental in your ability. It's instrumental all across the board. And so losing that, that sucked ass. I hated that. <laughs> And I had to, I had to like, you're, I, this, to some people that are listening, I want to be clear, even if you're not the workout type, you're, well, I'm going to preface this. You're not going to understand this, but I went from a standard, like upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body to then doing, cause I didn't want to work out in my gym. I then went to full body workouts. Jeez. Three days a week. And I kicked my ass for three days a week in that full body routine, which is probably, no, no, I'm sorry. I did full body four days a week, upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body. Then I went to full body four days a week. Then I went to full body three days a week and just did more. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to illustrate here is I kept dodging programs going from, I wouldn't, I don't do that shit. But I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to navigate a path that is more, it, it serves more purpose within me to do this, or I guess, um, enter, like drive to, to continuously move forward. And so I kept flopping programs and albeit they're my own programs, but it's like, I still flop. I, I don't do that till finally I adopted a bro split, which I talk shit <laughs> on bro splits and I talk shit because I feel like it's not doing a whole lot. You're yeah. just not doing a whole lot. When you got one day allocated just for arms, one day allocated just for chest, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? Yeah. Like, it's not hard to do that. Let me tell you what. I did the bro split and I, I told myself, I was going to do this for a week, two weeks. Then the, pen, the wave lifted up and we were able to go to the gym. Yeah. Guess what I did when I went to that gym? Bro splits. <laughs> and... <laughs> I have been doing bro splits thus far and it is probably by far, I don't mean this negligibly, like I have gained the most amount of muscle I'm going to gain probably for the duration of my life because I'm natural, lifelong natural. I've been training for like 15 years. I'm fucking serious with it. I've been basically linear with it, consistent with it. Like I've gained the amount of muscle mass I'm probably going to gain respectively the next five years, I'm just going to start decaying because yeah. of testosterone, etc. So it's safe to say that I've probably gained as much as I'm going to gain. Now, I will tell you this, that when I started moving into that bro split, I didn't, not only did I not lose any, any muscle or physically look different, I physically started looking better. And I don't know. Frequency, you could say, oh, well, f- well they've done so many studies on frequent tra- frequency training and doing doing more, um, you know, al- allowing more chances to elevate protein synthesis in that muscle, that target area. Like, honestly, I think when you're at my, and I'm not saying this to be boastful because I don't mean this in a boastful respect. I mean this in kind of a, a denigratory respect. When you're at my level. 
it doesn't fucking matter what you do. <laughs> I could do CrossFit yeah. for like three months, not look any fucking different. Yeah. Probably. Maybe my legs would go down a little bit because um, my legs are used to a lot of volume, etc., and a lot of different exercises. My legs would probably decline a little bit. That's probably it. I might get even a little bit better, but maybe conditioning wise, I get a little bit better. Yeah. In terms of muscle mass, I don't wouldn't gain. I wouldn't lose anything. In fact, if anything, you could argue I might decline because the stress level is so much higher in CrossFit than it is in standard bodybuilding. Yeah. So, but I'm at the point where it's like I can take a minimalist approach. I can do a fuck ton of volume, which is probably going to ruin me because in terms of <laughs> and, and a fuck ton of intensity, it's going to ruin me on the systemic end, right? And all, or, also, or I could just jump to a different type of dynamic of training and it likely wouldn't do anything to me because I've already kind of built more than built the core constructs of my body. So... And that's not a good thing to say, but like I'm at that level. It sucks because I don't have the newbie gains anymore. Yeah. I want those. I, I can't have them anymore. I'm done. Like I'm done, dude. I've unwrapped all the presents under the Christmas tree. <laughs> what I got's what I got. Now I just have to play with these fucking toys. That's all I have to play with now. <laughs> and it's kind of defeating, dude. It's kind of defeating. But at the all same the, time. All the training and in the end, it's a bro split. <laughs> it is, dude. It is. And any and it's like and, but then it could also it's what works for the person that they can stay consistent with. Yeah. When I would do upper and lower splits or full body splits, my work ethic is one of grounding yourself in the ground. Even if it doesn't make sense, I'll ground myself into the ground with my work ethic. That's just the way I'm conditioned. I can't do it any other way. So bro splits actually work better for me cuz I can ground myself in the ground, grind myself to the ground. But only with one or two muscles. Yeah. That's not a big deal. Not when it's five or six muscles that I'm working in that day. Yes. Five or six. I said that. Five or six. And I'm not talking like we're talking back. We're talking shoulders, chest, arms, abs. All same day. (laughs) Wow. And it's like. And so I would be there for two hours lifting. Yeah. And this is when I'm. I understand. I'm, I'm knowledgeable in this. In this field. But I still would do it because it's work ethic. It just, yeah. and it's not good work ethic. It's just, it's just unnecessary, gritty work ethic. Doesn't need to be exist. Doesn't need to exist in my, in my fitness or anybody's fitness really for that matter. So doing it this way actually works out better for me systemically, um, and and psychologically, you know. I work out more days of the week, but it's fine. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's nothing to me down, yeah. but it's still a good workout and it's still intense and it still delivers a lot of, it causes me to deliver a lot of work ethic still. But I definitely felt that way in the, in the beginning of the pandemic. Once, once the gym's closed, I mean, I have equipment at the house and anybody else would probably say to themselves, Oh, if I had that, I would be able to do work. But there's something about just going in. I yeah. guess for me, it's definitely the the silent camaraderie. I would I would feel that, but more so, the feeling like it's a place to do business. Like when you go to work, like I I, I probably couldn't work from home. Like if I had my own business, I would need I would need a space to go to, because I I would feel like 
okay, this is the, this is what this space is intended for. And for me, it's like, all right, I'm on the clock. As soon as I get in the gym, there's no messing around. This mm-hmm. is what I'm here for. If it's in the garage, it's like, well, okay, the kids come out or I'll just get a drink of water inside. It's not that nasty, you know, f- drinking fountain water that you got to go get, you know. <laughs> it's reverse osmosis, so it's fine. <laughs> well, I'm I'm definitely on the other side of the bridge. It's nasty. Yeah, water. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's some, there's more than just fluoride in this water yeah, here, you know. This, yeah. There's a little bit of tang to it. They so. need to put bang in those fountains, man. <laughs> that would be the best. But yeah, definitely a lot of people were, were feeling it. And it's just, I don't know, having to find other things to do to occupy your mind or your time or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I mean, it's fortunate you found that that bro <laughs> I definitely didn't find. Man. <laughs> but I found it because I was at my wit's end. And I just needed to do something different. Yeah. And so I just tried it. I just said how bad could it be man and I made fun of it for so long let me just go back to it because obviously we all start out with a bro split yeah but let me go back to it and see if it still yields some results and if anything psychologically it was a good result so even if it's not nothing came out physically um, the psychological factors that were involved were very beneficial for me to not have to think about doing so much work you know, it's almost like cruise control when you think about it, because everybody, just like you said, does start with it. Yeah. It's like, OK, chest tries, whatever, just all chest day. And it's very automatic. You don't even have to think about it. It's it's not until probably a year or two years into it that you start looking into programming and then it's like, okay, now I'm now I'm really getting into it. Now I'm really geeking out about this yeah. because I need to think about percentages on the bar. I need to think about how much progress I, w- I want to make and a date that I want to progress by. And everything co- becomes a factor now. What you're eating, what you're, how you're resting, how you're sleeping. And it's it's definitely a wild ride. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to get back on that train. <laughs> well, yeah, and... You could say that same thing about life. It's everything. It's, you know, all these different minutia detail that make a big difference in the person and the trajectory that they're going. If you omit a lot of those things, those factors of the equation, you just kind of live, you just kind of, you're kind of frivolous in your ways. I mean, you're never going to see what you're made of and you're never going to see what could be. And those are really, those are two, those are two things that if you die before answering those questions, that's a sad get. That's a sad day. Like not not saying like I. I'm not saying you got to do everything and have FOMO. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you go through this life, not paying attention to the minutia detail and seeing what you could be, and seeing what you're made of, and what could be from what you would challenge yourself with. I think if you're not asking those questions and actively pursuing those questions you need to start this major and i don't and i don't think people challenge themselves enough and it's evident it's just evident and when you where you look how you when you meet people when you find out what they're doing like even yourself dude like even at your job your job you could have stayed a cnc machinist you could have stayed that you brought home a paycheck, it supplied your family, 
you're growing a boy. You know, I mean, like all these things, you're doing the thing, dude. You're living life and you are sustaining that life with just being a machinist. But that's not good enough for Ramon because you know you're made more. You know you have more in you. You know you can delegate more. You know you can assume more. You know you can absorb more. And so you did. And you didn't do it with, you didn't You didn't go in there with like, a, I have the mindset of owning this company one day. Maybe you did. I don't know. I haven't talked about that. <laughs> but you had the mindset of being integral and doing a job and doing it right and being integral with your craft. Well, that shows Everything about that shows and there's elements to that that cause you to be actually a better human being as a result when you can feel good about what you did and you can feel good about your job and your work and you may be quirky about things. You just saw how quirky I was upstairs. (laughs) Okay. And that's, that's a percentage of what I really am like. Yeah. But the quirks, what make you up, they make who you are, they make your character up. They're the embodiment of who you are. And the moment you stop living into those quirks and you just live in to just blend because you don't want to be noticed. You don't want to be picked apart for your quirks. You don't want to be the outcast, so to speak. When reality is, the outcasts are the ones that actually make something of themselves. The outcasts are the ones that have the innate... I would call it the innate um, awareness that look, I'm I'm a little bit quirky here. I've got my ideological ways. They fit my being. They fit my chemistry. I don't want to go against that because if I go against that, I'm 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 effectively omitting a part of who I am, and that's not okay with me. I won't feel okay about it. I know I'm going to have to go back and do it later once I'm not around these people that I think are judging me or analyzing me. But when you go face forward with those types of idiosyncrasies, quirks, etc., and you own them and you carry them into what you're doing, your practice, your work, your career, whatever your vocation is, whatever your extracurricular ventures are or endeavors are, they make your fucking signature there. That's the thing that writes your fucking signature. And it's like, people don't understand that you need that. Stop trying to fucking abdicate yourself from those, from those quirks. No, absorb them and own them provided they're not making you a worse individual. Yeah. They're not making you worse. They're just making you a little off, a little outcast, a little quirky. That's awesome. You need that. Because that's going to separate you and that's what's going to define your signature. When you die, are people going to know you from just being ordinary? They're going to remember you from being ordinary? Well, what are they going to say? What is the the eulogy going to be over your life? Like, well, I mean, he was, he lived um, till he was 74 and a half and he did, he went to work nine to five, drove the same Taurus every day. (laughs) Like, no, you want people to sit up there and make fun of you for all the quirks you had. This is I remember him coming to my house one day and he had his he had his uh belt on sideways he felt like it made him like whatever like you want these quirks to consume who you are so people remember you that's that's just one element of being a human being the other element is you owning those things you owning them and going 
and going full frontal into society with that as your cloak and own is just owning it dude you know how hard it is to own that shit that's why we cover up that's why filters exist yeah but I mean like I'm, aside from the argument of filters <laughs> I just really believe that there's a lost value and virtue in owning your quirks your ideological stance on things like there's just a there's just a and really your iniquities like you, the things that you're, you're you're insufficient at you know owning those things and actually adopting them for and and, and calling that to be who you are like people are going to remember that but that's also going to carry into the way you do things so if you clean things excessively you know maybe you need to get some help for that like me like you need to get some help for <laughs> yeah. that but still cleaning things excessively is a good thing and that's gonna that's gonna kind of give you a, a characterization to some degree that's a good thing to have characterization yeah but not having that i think makes you just dull and bland and boring well living your life on cruise control and i yeah i had a conversation with my wife about this too how i mean i'm well into my i guess what i would consider my passion which is programming and i I look back on my youth and I mean, well, we went to school together and I think to myself, you know, I was into that stuff when I was younger. I was into like computers and, and math and school, but it wasn't cool. And so I didn't really like because of maybe peer pressure or what was considered to be cool at the time. Uh, I shied away from that. And here I am finding it now in my life and really growing into it and I thought what if I had just taken it serious then what if I didn't follow what I felt was the social norm of hey let's ditch class or let's you know mess around in school and not really worry about good grades and stuff like that and and just did the work went to college and surrounded myself with like-minded people where would I have been? And it's definitely the the woulda couldas. I'm fortunate to be doing it now. I'm fortunate to have yeah. found it now, because man, it would have been it would have been crazy to just keep going through and just like bouncing around trying to figure it out. But I think that that's something that I hope to pass on to my kids. And it's like, you know, find what you're passionate about and pursue it. Mm-hmm. To to heck with anybody else and what they think. Mm-hmm. Because who would have knew back in the day to be like considered a quote unquote nerd. Now you're in Silicon Valley. You yeah. Know, you're top dollar and sought after for what the world is evolving into, right. which is the online world. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different thing now. Yeah. But you have to go through a lot of trenches to even get to that, to even uncover that part of who you are. I think, you know, it doesn't come you say what if I had doubled into this when I was younger you wouldn't have you weren't that smart back then you weren't you weren't that acknowledging over where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do and this didn't present itself and even if it had you would have overlooked it bro you would have overlooked it because it wasn't in your for it wasn't on your spreadsheet so to speak in the in, in, in the beginning what was in your spreadsheet was what you did 
Like you can't turn, like you can't, I, and even not myself, like what if I started lifting in high school? Yeah. I'd have been a lot better. No, I probably wouldn't have been. I just would have got to my genetic limit a lot quicker. That's it, dude. Would have got to my genetic potential a lot quicker. Or even been surrounded around the wrong people. Yeah. I mean, it happened for you at the right time. You had the right people pretty much in your corner. Yeah. In the gym with you. Yeah. Mentoring, spotting, teaching, mm-hmm. learning from. Yeah. And yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I try not to look back on it too much, but I mean, I do from time to time still. Yeah. Well, it's natural. It's a human way, but I think there's a lot to be said with just understanding the path you are on right now and making the best of it right now and, and continuing pressing forward and understanding that you did what you did back then. Although you look back at it now, you're wiser, older, more established self. And you think, well, I wasn't doing enough. Well, of course your wiser, older, established self is going to think that about your young juvenile, dumb shit <laughs> self when you were, you know, 18, 19. Yeah. Of course you're going to think that because you're wiser and established now. You know, and so, but you did what you knew the best and that's what you did when you were younger. And, and the same thing with all, with most of us, you know, I think if people have that, that I'll call it a chemical imbalance to be suit, you know, they're super smart, gifted gene at an early age. Well, what happens usually when they do that, they turn to drugs and they do, and they wind up in the slumps. No, they end up getting into that craft just early on like it's usually like it's usually that way there's they're directed you know and people can see the potential in them and they and older wiser established people see the potential in this young punk kid and they call him out him or her out and they say you have xyz you should capitalize on these elements yeah and then they do so right and so I mean, you see this with bodybuilders, with, with elite level bodybuilders. You see this with people that are, you know, sharks in, in tech and everything. I mean, they start out young, like Damon John started out really young. I mean, had he started when he was, you know, now and he had done some other stupid shit like sell drugs and go to jail for 10, 15 years and then, you know, finally realized he wanted to make clothes. When he got on his track, yeah, but he definitely would have acquired everything he's acquired. Yeah. And all the experience thus far. He knew where he was going and we all know where we're going to some degree. Like we're pulled in certain avenues. It's what we put our aim towards. You know, so, and you have, the funny thing about aim is that you have that innate aim inside of you. You know where you're going. It's the human way. It's your biology. You can't fight the biology. And so when you're saying, look, I think that I should have done this years back or I would have, what would have happened if I had got started with this years back, I would have been, I would have been more of a leader in the space. And it's like, no, you wouldn't have, because back then you didn't have the trajectory. You didn't have the aim. And if you don't have the aim, you're not going to have the energy to produce on that aim. You're not going to have the wherewithal, the impetus to produce on that aim. You first need the aim. And your aim back then, the younger, dumber, juvenile Ramon was on something different. But it obviously transcended into what it is today. 
but you needed everything in between to make who you are to this day and to give you the establishment that you have now to where your older, wiser, established self reflects on your younger, dumber self and was like, man, you should have done this. (laughs) Well, no shit. We all think that. (laughs) But it's not the way things work out, nor should they, I believe. And I think it's definitely whenever you're receptive of it too. Like that, how you mentioned when you got in a bodybuilding, that, I mean, that guy hit you with that, uh, that idea at the right time. Yeah. And it's like, I remember, uh, I was my, my drafting instructor in high school told me, you're really good at this. You should, you should take this next semester and think about it. And it didn't hit me at the right time. There could have been architect in my future. I've had math instructors who were like, man, you're really good at math. You know, you should consider taking uh, higher levels. But I was just like, I just want to be. And that's it. That's good enough for me. I just need to get through high school. Yeah. And I think that everybody, they do hit you throughout your life. And it's whenever you're receptive of it. it. It took me a bit longer. But you're right. It is that that life experience that I apply all this stuff now and I have that drive now. Um, I'm, I'm worried. What am I going to do with my time when I'm done with school and I have that degree in computer science? It's like, how am I going to occupy my time? Cause my time is just filled and I'm content with that. I'm content with my, my day being filled with work, my evenings being filled with hanging out with the kids and my nights being filled with school. It's like from sun up to sundown, I'm doing something. I'm busy. And my wife is definitely feeling it because she finished her degree. And it's like, man, what did I do with all this extra time now? <laughs> Trying to figure out how to fill that void. Well, if you look back at your life, let's say five years ago, and you were in a certain set of routine five years ago, you would not be able to even fathom the routine you're in now. Five years ago, the old five years ago, Ramon would not be able to fathom the routine that the new five year old, five years, his scene, you know, that senior would be able to fathom or would be, would be in rather. So what I'm trying to express is that you naturally are going to fall into new sets of routines. You're going to, you're, these things are going to amalgamate together and you're going to actually chameleonize around these different, these different subset routines that you have in your life you're going to go through many routines in life and you're going to have them for seasons of your life and that's just evident i mean if you look back on your life you there are certain routines there are certain ways of that you were certain styles of eating that you adopted that you're like or even certain looks certain styles you had with clothes and you're like thinking i could never i'm never going to change this style i'm never going to change this way of eating i'm never going to change this workout routine i'm never going to change this this life routine that I've adopted. And then what happens? It changes. And something, there's a wrench that gets thrown in life. There's a good wrench that gets thrown in life, gets thrown in your in your routine, and it causes you to shift. It causes you to change. And it causes you to actually realize that there are outside elements that exist opposed to your routine that are good, that are good for you. And that you actually need and should accept. But when the time is right, these things will, 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 I believe these things will make themselves known and then you'll have to shift. Maybe something happens. You know, some, 
There's a plethora of things that we could go through. There's a litany of things that could happen to your life or, you know, in terms that could shift or change your direction that would cause you to have to change your routine. And you don't understand all the ways, neither do I, to where these things would actually blend together and work in your favor, actually. There are ways that this could, that your the, the, the whole... There are ways that the entire routine could could actually contort and shift that could actually be of a benefit to you better than you are right now. And I believe that to be the case. I mean, that always it's always what happens, it seems yeah. like, you know. Even if you think you're you're you know, you're descaling, you're really not. You're upscaling. But it's just different. It's foreign to you. And so it's hard, it, you know, it takes some time to get used to, but you end up doing it. I mean, we're human beings for a reason. We've we've came this far in our in our lineage for a reason. It's because we can adapt and overcome. And so maybe our adaptations and overcomings look starkly different than what they did, what they looked like for, you know, the caveman yeah. running from the woolly <laughs> mammoth. But at the same time, the the rhythm is the same. You know, the the overarching theme is the same. We evolve, we adapt, we, we adapt, and that's. That's what you're going to do. You're going to find a routine eventually. I don't know if it's a month from now or five years from now or three years from now or two months from now. It could be whatever. But you'll end up getting a wrench thrown in. You'll have to adapt around that wrench. And you're going to find out that this is better. It's definitely one of the things that I've observed kind of off topic in uh, my film class. I have to analyze cinema. And I had to watch. It was a really tough watch, too. Uh, you probably haven't seen it. <laughs> it's uh, called The Gold Rush, uh, directed by Charlie Chaplin. Uh-uh. And so no no dialogue. You have to read it. And if you're a fan of that old Western tavern piano, which yeah. I am not, yeah. uh, it's a hard listen, too, because it's the whole movie's like that. And the, it, it's like for people who are into cinema, it's regarded as one of the greatest comedies of all time. And there are some funny moments. There's a lot of moments in the film that I'm like, we're still doing this in movies today. Like, this is like 90 years ago. And they're still doing some of the same bits. And I was talking to my coworker about this, and he said it's almost a study on the human condition. Because 90 years ago, there's a scene in the film that I thought was hilarious. And everybody's experiences, I'm sure you have too, is you're, you're there just at a place, And there's someone who's either attractive or you're attracted to sort of looking in your direction and they kind of wave and you're thinking to yourself, oh, they're waving at me and you wave back. Yeah. No, they're waving to the person behind you. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, dude, maybe you're the person behind me. Story of my life. (laughs) And so the fact that this was in the movie 90 years ago, I'm like, God, this cavemen are probably going through the same thing. Like this is just, this is just us as people. Yeah. Like that's it's the same thing. So when people are experiencing like these hardships or these depressing times or even these successful moments, it's life is a rerun. Uh, everybody's going through this and you got to find those upticks and you got to find that positivity in it because just because you're going through it like man, hundreds if not thousands or millions of people have gone through the same thing. Yeah. I've had I've had a glance or a wave my way and I've raised my hand too to wave back and it's not been for me. Right. <laughs> it's like, dude, 
Oh yeah, a story of my life, dude. I do that all the time because nobody waves at me. <laughs> <laughs> nobody waves at me. They don't care. To wave it's at always me. the person behind you. Yeah, and then, and then you like gotta have that weird like. Um, I wonder how people did it back in the day because now we all have our phones, but there had to be a moment where someone's walking and you you remember something that you forgot something and you over dramatize even though nobody cares nobody cares you pull out your phone oh you make a big gesture and you turn around and walk back the other way to get what you forgot but you have to make it look like you realized something Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know, I'll just stop, turn around, get what I got because no one's paying attention to me. Yeah. But we do that. And it's just so weird. We do that because we're, we feel awkward, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we're not, we're effectively not owning the the transparency behind it. And that's the same thing with like the, the wave. It's like when, when you say, you mentioned how, how do we get out of that? It's like, well, make a joke about it. Laugh at yourself because that's, that's that's effectively what is happening. You're 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 making yourself a joke because you think that person's waving at you. And why wouldn't you? The wave is, you know, directed towards you. So why not, yeah, think it's for me. And then but when that happens, you want to like play it cool. Yeah. And that's the problem. You're trying to play it cool in a time when you should actually play it transparent and just play it as a joke. Because that's really what it is now. Joke's on you. Yeah. So just own the joke. And I mean, it, you have a split second to make that decision. If you're not used to making that decision, it's not going to be autonomous and you're going to probably go the other direction and be like, try to play it cool. You turn bright red and yeah. you just, I think it's, um, yeah, recognizing those moments in your life and as they happen and continue to happen, it's like, just let it roll right off your shoulder. Let it roll, dude. <laughs> Well, dude, right on, man. I'm really glad that we had this time to catch up. Of course, I mean, me we, too. It's been, it's been a bit. And I know with the pandemic and everything, I mean, I'm ready for things to open back up. I'm ready to have people over the house, barbecue, something. But yeah, man. It was good to get together and to catch up, man. So. Me too. I appreciate it, bro. So, again, thank you for, for coming on. For those of you still listening, I want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to check out justin's instagram and i'll leave links to it in the description down below thank you brother all right man until next time you guys see ya